Huddle Up podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Hey, everyone in, let's go! Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle Huddle up. up! No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Dropping eight. Lele steps up, no. loads and throws. It's caught. It's pitched backwards, up in the air. It's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We hope you are having a great week so far. It is Tuesday, November the 17th, 2020. We got tons to talk about this week, including a crossroads in Ann Arbor, mediocrity in the NFL, and football's big games. Make sure you follow us on social media at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. If you go to any of our social media pages, just find the link tree. And you'll get everything you need to know. Make sure you're following along with our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com, as well as Leap Sports, where we stream daily. That would be L-E-E-I-B Sports.com. And we have uh, Sean with us again this week. Matt is back with us. No Dave this week. We hope Dave is uh, is doing well. And uh, we'll get him back on as soon as his schedule opens up a little bit more uh, for us. So, Sean, we'll start with you. How you doing? What? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Hey, a uh, little sound effect. There. That's nice. Um, doing great. Nice cold front here in Florida. Very, uh, very enjoyable. Not quite as cold as the whatever regular front you guys have up there. We're in the 60s right now, but uh, I'll take it. I can breathe uh, <laughs> outdoors, which is wonderful. Um 
And I just want to start off the show before we get into any NFL, anything else. Uh, want to take an early chance to congratulate Alex Smith on his first start back in the NFL in um, about two years, uh, putting up uh, no touchdowns this week, but a pretty impressive 390 yards on 55 pass attempts. Uh, hopefully not the norm uh, if you've handed your team over to Alex sure. Smith. 55 seems a, <laughs> a skosh, skosh closer to his age than what you want uh, him to be throwing. So, uh, But great job for him, and yeah. uh, let's have a good show. Absolutely, and Matt. How you doing? Doing well. Um, Notre Dame came back and went. I'm sure we'll talk about that. So uh, nerve-wracking Saturday for a little bit, um, <laughs> but it's all good. And you, they have the week off, so I, I don't have to stress. Exactly, exactly. They, they give us a week off before their final three, and, and let us not forget that their next game actually comes on, on Black Friday. So don't expect a uh, a Saturday game next week. Uh, but we will be on the air next week uh, since, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, but we're on a Tuesday, so uh, shouldn't have any issues there. Uh, we'll be talking about those games. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, big big ups to uh, Alex Smith for, for getting that start. Um, comeback player of the year. I, I don't think there's any uh, any question on, on who that end-of-the-year award should go to. Uh, I feel like they could, already, they, could actually, they could probably rename the award after Alex Smith. Uh, at this point, but we'll, we'll talk about the NFL uh, in just a little bit. Um, Sean and uh, Sean and I last week, and if you're following along with us in the live video, interact with us, and, and we'll uh, we'll we'll react to you as well. Um, but last week, Sean, we we had talked about uh, James Franklin at Penn State and and Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Now, uh, one of the questions we had asked was if if both of these teams lose, um, you know, where where are the uh, where are the teams going to be at? They did both lose. Um, I can tell you for a fact that a lot of friends up here that are Penn State fans are, are none too happy uh, with James Franklin at this point. But the, the, the one I want to talk about more is is coming out of last week is Jim Harbaugh in Michigan because like Penn State, yeah, they went down. They, they, they started mounting a comeback, wasn't able to finish it off, um, but the Michigan Wolverines, it's not only – that they're losing, and it's not even necessarily how they're losing, but it's it's they're historically they are losing in ways that have that have never happened before. Uh, the 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 worst uh, you know point deficit in in the history of the Big House and um and 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 things like that. One of the worst losses to Michigan State in a number of years. So you know I I, I don't know I I think. He gets to the end of the year, guys. I think. I think because right now with everything going on, I, I don't know necessarily what firing a coach in midseason does. I also think because he's a Michigan man, I kind of compared it, and and, and you guys totally understand this. Being Notre Dame fans, the the final year of Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame, the the writing was on the wall. I think that was the year they went three and nine. I, I we I think we all knew like this is it. Um, but they gave him the benefit of the doubt to finish out the regular season. And, and I feel like that may be where we're getting with Harbaugh. I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, like he, this felt that, that back at the time he got hired, it kind of felt like this is, this is kind of, you know, the savior riding in on the white horse. And, and six years later, it, it, it's, it just seems to be getting worse. And Matt, we'll, we'll, we'll tip it to you first. Like what, what, what does Michigan do? I don't know where they can go from here. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long time since Michigan's felt like Michigan. 
I mean, on a list of things that Matt loves to see, Michigan losing big <laughs> is, is close to the top. So I'm not going to complain about any of this, and they can keep Harbaugh around as long as they would like to. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it has to come down to coaching. Like when you see the amount of NFL talent Michigan's produced the last few seasons, it's not for lack of talent that Michigan's not getting it done. Um, granted, the quarterback position was kind of um, up and down, but still, I mean, to, to have the level of talent that they've had, you have to expect some sort of success, and they just haven't gotten it done for whatever reason. Um so I, I don't think they fire midseason. I mean, Big Ten plays, what, eight games this year, seven games this yeah, year? So, eight. I mean, to, to cut them loose at this point, I think, would just kind of be um, unnecessary unless there's just they are planning to promote from within and they want to see what someone they have on, on their current staff can do in a shortened season and, and see if they can build some momentum. But I think with a school like Michigan, they have to kind of make a splash higher especially coming off of one that they've already had. So I, I don't think they promote internally. So I think Harbaugh rides it out and then they, they just kind of see what they can do. Maybe poach someone from an NFL level or see if they can just hire a, a, a sexy name from a smaller school if they can. But I don't know that Michigan kind of has the legs right now. They're, they're not the prestigious program that we've come to think of them as these last few seasons, despite the fact that they just – drub Notre Dame not too long ago yeah I mean that was last year right was that the last that was the last time Notre Dame lost in the regular season so it's you know, like I, yeah I've seen these stats of of the 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 the, the difference record wise uh between the two programs and it's and it's astounding to see where the two have gone uh Sean your thoughts I mean I know we, we touched on this a little bit last week but I I personally did not see what what happened at the big house last Saturday? I, I did not see that one coming like that. Yeah, no, I um, and I I think one thing I uh, I had pointed out is that of the two, uh, Harbaugh was definitely the the hotter seat for me, uh, and uh, I would be curious to know from the Franklin faithful. We had a lot ch- uh, chirping out of said about Franklin uh, deserves the benefit of the doubt, and this I'd like to know when that flips. You know, as far as, you know, how many losses in a season where you were ranked as high as you were, uh, are you still saying, well, he deserves the benefit of the doubt and it's not his fault and three players didn't show up and like whatever. Uh, but but that's a whole other conversation for another time. As far as Michigan goes, uh, I, I would agree as far as, as, as going to the end of the, the season, uh, you know, I think if you have any hopes of, um, you know, maybe surprising an Ohio State, uh, I, I think keeping the regime the way it is is your best shot at that. I don't think it's a very realistic shot from what I've seen on the field. Uh, I think um, I think it's a Michigan team, and, and it's not just, um, you know, the teams they're losing to. Like you said, I mean, this is a team that, you know, with the exception of, of that, that game, um, the, the, their win, their one win, they, um, they've looked flat. I mean, it, it, it's, it hasn't yeah. looked – it's not like they're losing in shootouts or, you know, even the opposite, winning like, a, like an old, old Auburn defensive – Six three game like that would be more exciting. Sure. This is a team that you know when the time's being called upon them to to you know go out and and, and at least hang up something respectable on the board, uh, they can't seem to do it. And and it's 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 a it's still a big offensive line, and you do still have some talent there. And and I would agree. I, I think you know the only way you really change the guard in mid season is if you um, kind of want to do a partial job interview there, like like uh, Matt was alluding to. Uh, maybe you have a coordinator or something. Um, 
But I, I don't. I mean, at this point, I'm not even sure that you know hanging one on Ohio State is necessarily going to save him at this point, unless you have more wins. All you know, you would have to. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what scenario. <laughs> you know, you you could finish and go to a bowl and have beaten Ohio State. Maybe draw have like a lucky hard draw in a bowl game and win that one too. Um, but I don't. I don't know unless he finds some like freshman or sophomore player that he recruited uh, and decides to hand, you know, hand the offense over to that player or get a new running back in or somebody to light a spark and then, and decides like, Hey, I, if he can convince them that that's my guy and, and somehow it turns into like several straight wins, maybe he can hang it on that. But I don't see a lot of scenarios where he's, he's still around. And, you know, I think if nobody really big name is there available, I think they do still promote from within, uh, just to kind of wait around for that name to arrive. Yeah, I mean the next the next three before Ohio State is is Rutgers, Penn State, and Maryland. Theoretically, those are all winnable games. Um, I mean, we, I know we saw like what, you said, winnable. Like I think in a regular <laughs> season, you would say those are wins. Right, those are like wins. You would just, now, you would just now cross, check them off. Right, now it's like they're winnable. I mean, Rutgers Rutgers beat the Michigan State team that beat them. Uh, Maryland drubbed Penn State. Like it's right, and and this year in general, I, I feel like we're all we're all not just in college football, but the NFL having a hard time figuring out who teams are week to week. Now, oh, cer- certain ones, Alabama so far, Notre Dame, knock on wood. Um, you know, Clemson. There's 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 teams near the top that. I, I think are are fairly consistent, but when you look over the rest of the top twenty five, once you get out of the top five, maybe six teams, I think everything's kind of a crapshoot week to week. But those are games that you should win, and theoretically, if you if you can come in at uh, what would that be four and four and two, um, you know, going in uh, going in or four and three going into the Ohio State game, you know, I, I mean, if Michigan's bowl eligible, which I guess would be five hundred, I mean, they're going to go to a bowl game. It's it's they're still a valuable brand. Like looking at some of the stats from this past weekend, I mean, Joe Milton, nine of nineteen for ninety-eight yards, two picks. Uh, Cade McNamara, they brought in, went four for seven, seventy-four, and a touchdown. To me, that's your starting quarterback uh, this coming weekend against Rutgers. The, the, the offense did look better. The problem is you were down twenty-eight uh, nothing by the time your offense even really started to put uh, put anything uh, that resembled any decent play uh, out there, but. Um, you know, it's something we we we've kind of watched all year. We'll continue to kind of watch it as the the cl- next couple of weeks play out. Um, but like personally, I, I would be very surprised uh, to see Jim Harbaugh uh, back at Michigan next year. Uh, I'll give it like fifteen percent chance sitting here right now. Uh, Sean, how about you? You asked me to name a percent percentage. Eleven, <laughs> slightly better than ten. I feel like I need to find that sound drop with the uh, the, the Bears fans screaming 11. Uh, 11! Just in case the number 11 ever ever comes up. And uh, yes. Matt, what's your what's your percentage odds that Jim Harbaugh is uh, back in Michigan next year? Do you have the 0.0 sound bite? This guy. 0.0. <laughs> no chance. All right. Let's uh let's get to the college football pickems for this week. I, I found five games. Um obviously as we've seen over the past couple of weeks, I think each of the last two or three weeks, one of our games has ended up getting uh COVID postponed. So uh that's why I add like I'm I'm trying to find a fifth college game each week just 
just in case one of them falls by the wayside. Sean, looking at our um, results from last week, each of us went two and two in college football, bringing me to nineteen and fourteen overall. You are twenty five and eight uh, overall on the college football season. Um. Which uh, I mean sounds really good, but you you start I think the first three weeks you were undefeated, so yeah, I've, uh, I've been I've been fumbling a bit, yeah, two straight five hundred weeks. I, so uh, we gotta uh, we gotta get the ball get the ball moving. I'm feeling pretty confident this week. Got some good uh, uh, good juju coming my way. I feel it. All right, very good. We are gonna start, uh, and this is the big one. This is the big one that that uh, we even alluded to a little bit last week. Uh, number nine, Indiana. They are four and zero. They travel to number three Ohio State, who is a uh, who's three and zero. They are a twenty one and a half point home favorite. Sixty four and a half is the over under. This one at noon on Fox. Um, I don't know if Indiana is good enough to win this game. I don't know uh, just how good Indiana is. I mean, I think we're fairly confident that Ohio State's a pretty damn good football team. Uh, Indiana looks like a pretty damn good football team. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way. Uh, I'm definitely taking the over because I, I I think these are two fairly dynamic offenses. Ohio State probably more so, obviously. But there is in in my mind there is no way that Ohio State is covering 21 and a half on this Indiana team. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm maybe I'm buying in too much. Um, so I'm taking Indiana to cover the 21 and a half. I still think Ohio State wins this game, but I am absolutely taking Indiana uh, to cover 21 and a half. And you can. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. They're going to cover. I don't know if they're going to win. Uh, but uh, Matt, we'll go to you. Uh, Indiana, Ohio State. So like we alluded to earlier, the Big Ten has so many fewer games than everyone else. So I think they really have to kind of make a statement win here. Ohio state does. And I think they do. So I'm taking Ohio state minus the 21 and a half. Um, and I will take the under as well. I think it's just going to be an absolute drubbing. Mm. Um, and I think that Ohio state makes their statement for why they should be in the college football playoff, even though they'll only have eight games at the end of the year. All right, there you go. And uh, and Sean, what do you got? Ohio, Indiana at Ohio State. Well, yeah, and, and I think a few weeks ago I, I pointed out that with, with Indiana's schedule, uh, the way it lines up, they do have this. They do still have to play Wisconsin. Uh, but if you can survive those two games, I you know, I, I, I made the argument that, you know, from a track record standpoint, the teams that you've beat, Indiana, in my opinion, if you get through these four games – if Ohio State stood a legitimate chance at being there just for being Ohio State, then Indiana would essentially be in the playoff. So they're going to have that as a motivator. I think that it's a, it, it, it has proven to be uh, not a fluke, um, you know. But but this is by far going to be the best double sided talent they're going to see. Uh, and I and I'm with Matt on this. I, I think as far as you know, if there's any question as to whether an eight game schedule belongs in the top four. Um, you're going to need to win against teams that are ranked, and you're going to need to do it handedly. Uh, and for that reason, uh, I, I see Ohio State pulling no punches uh, at any point. I think Ohio State covers that 21-and-a-half. I'm not going to say easily. Um, I, I, I think they're going to put up a lot of points. I, I, I think you could see uh, Ohio State well into two-thirds of that over-under mark on their own. Uh, I do think Indiana is a dynamic team, uh, so um, – 
I, I do see them scoring some. I, I think they're going to, you know, try some trickery and stuff and maybe get their points early before they're uh, completely um, kind of just uh, starting to hang their heads a little bit. But but I, I think it's going to push over. I don't think by a lot, though. I, I think Ohio State's going to come out. Ohio State's going to, you know, you might see this right around uh, the 30-point mark uh, and really make a statement game here in the Big Ten. All right, then we go to uh, the AAC, number seven, Cincinnati, 7-0. and They're a four-and-a-half-point road favorite at UCF. Seems weird to see them outside of the top 25, but they are 5-2. and 62-and-a-half is your over-under on this one, 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN. Um, you know, I, I think Cincinnati is one of the teams I had in this conference coming out of this conference in, in their title game, um, you know, and, and, and they are handling everything up to this point. Uh, as business as usual, I like Cincinnati to keep the ball rolling. I think they're going to cover that four and a half. I think they're going to win fairly easily here. I'm not. I'm not trying to just throw shade at UCF because um, they make up fake championships or whatever. But uh, I, I just th- this this isn't their year. I think that they've they've finally faced some struggles uh, that they're not used to uh, being in that position. Uh, I'm going to take the under though. I, I just something something makes me feel like these two teams aren't going to score as, as typically as we're used to seeing teams in that conference. So Cincinnati uh, to cover and the under in this game. Uh, and we'll go to you again, Matt. Uh, yeah, you, you hate to see the fall from grace that uh, UCF had here, um, you know, from <laughs> national championships to not rank. Um, but um, so I, I think um... – on a roll today. Uh, I think Cincinnati <laughs> wins uh, and covers, but I do think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, I, I don't know a ton about the defenses, but I know that neither is necessarily known for being a defensive stalwart. So um, points will be put up, but at the end, Cincinnati will cover, and I think they'll cover handily. All right, Sean, how about you? All right, uh, just to clear up the defensive question for Cincinnati, uh, most points they've given up this year, 20. Uh, in an opening round game to Appalachian State. Rest were 10, 7, 13, 10, 10, 17. Um, and the lowest amount they've scored was a 24 and a 24-10 win of Army, where they probably had the ball five times. So probably. <laughs> uh, this is a team with a really high-powered smoking offense and a really good defense. And when you when you break down UCF's schedule, it's really, um, I mean, a tale of two UCF teams. I mean, they have two close losses to two good teams. Uh, they had a loss to Tulsa, who Cincinnati has not had to play. That game was postponed. And uh, the difference one, the one you kind of do the comparison on, they lost 50-49 to 49 in a defensive struggle at Memphis. And they, uh, the, the, the coinciding game with Cincinnati um, against, uh, against Memphis was uh, a close one, 49-10. Uh, to 10. <laughs> so, so you take Memphis, who, who arguably – I think Memphis was actually my pick coming out of this I conference. I think so, yeah. Uh, and and kind of one of those teams I thought might be one of those wild card challenge because at that time there was no Big Ten playing, uh, there was no so I was like maybe they challenge for a playoff spot. Uh, no one from this conference is going to. Um, but you know I, I think I think UCF uh, since those two losses they've really started to drudge some opponents again and really uh, start smacking some teams around. So I think they're going to put up a fight. Um, spreads too close though um, uh, for me to think that, that you know there's any like real cover risk here, I, I think Cincinnati's safe to carry this one home. Uh, I'm too going to take the over though. Uh, I really wanted to take UCF here and take the bold pick, but I started picking against you on purpose a couple of weeks ago and it started <laughs> costing me some games. So uh, we're going to just um, you know try to really take a handle on the season, but we'll, we'll do it the old fashioned way, one game at a time, 
and uh, Cincinnati in the over. Say by uh, all means, you can bet. you can continue that strategy, Sean. Feel free. Uh, then we go back to the Big Ten. Number ten, Wisconsin. Again, they showed no signs of uh, of rust after a few weeks off. They are two and zero, seven point road favorite at number nineteen, Northwestern, who is currently leading that division uh, at four and zero. Forty five and a half is your over under three thirty on ABC. Um, you know, look, I, I think seeing Northwestern back near the top of the Big Ten standings is is somewhat. Uh, refreshing and nice for for a vintage college football fan, um, but but there is nothing that they have shown me so far that that tells me that they are going to compete with and or defeat this Wisconsin team. Um, the, the the two showings that Wisconsin has had, they have just looked absolutely dominant. Uh, now, granted, one of them was Illinois, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Badgers here. I think they're gonna cover the seven. They're gonna win this one uh, fairly easily. I think they're also aware that for them to make the college football playoff, especially with losing two games, they are going to absolutely have to house every team that they play. Uh, So they're going to do that here. Uh, Obviously, I'm going to take the over. Um, So, yeah, Wisconsin plus in the over. Sean, we'll kick it to you first. Yeah, I mean, it it was kind of that question last week of of what Wisconsin uh, product are you going to see? Um, you know, is it going to be anything close to, to what we're used to seeing? Uh, and look, business as usual. Uh, I, I don't know. It's somewhere around 14 different running backs touched the ball in that game, and every <laughs> one of them looked like an NFL starter. Um, you know, whether that's a statement to them or Michigan, I, I'm not real sure. Um, Both. But whether Michigan's ranked or not, um, to come back after not playing for two weeks, go into the uh, big house, make that kind of uh, statement, uh, says, hey, we're here to play. As for the playoff, if if Wisconsin's in that play undefeated or not, I, I don't see the try. I don't see the games in their schedule that are going to say anything. Maybe with the Big Ten title win and some losses above them, but with six, you know, six games, seven games, I I, I um I would be shocked if if, if you saw. I, them I mean, there. yeah, I would think they would need a little yeah. help. I, I I they were they're going to need a lot of help up top. A lot of teams exchanging losses, but um, but I think this is one where uh, a seven point spread and may, maybe this is this this is Vegas coming to get me. Um, but that. <laughs> To me, I mean, Northwestern has um, not been blowing teams out. They have not taken control of any game, really. It's It's been kind of nail-biters all season long. Um, and I don't think this one's going to be. This might be their first game that's not a nail-biter. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be uh, to their favor. I like, I like Wisconsin. They're going to steamroll. Uh, they're going to roll well past the seven points, maybe 21, 28-point win here. Uh, I think it's it's a real statement game in that half of the Big Ten. Uh, I will also take the over, and this one you can lock up. Whoa. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, Matt, we'll go to you. So I'm still not over the uh, Notre Dame loss to Northwestern years ago, and I'm still <laughs> not over Mike Golick for betting on it, and then you know, two years later betting on the Miami game where we got trounced um so i'm glad my goal is not betting on notre dame anymore um but <laughs> that still resonates with me so i'm going to take wisconsin um and big it is it's fine to have northwestern up high um but i mean it's it's just kind of like the big 10 is so weird this year that to see them ranked is just kind of like a or is this truly deserving or are they just kind of there because not a lot of teams are are doing well this time around. So I think um, it's just the like we'll put them in the like twenty range. That way, if they lose, we can just throw them 
throw them back in the <laughs> trash can. Just you keep them just close enough, you can now. just pitch them. Unranked. But like, if they win, it's like, see, we told you. Yeah, see, they're ranked. But otherwise, they're rolling up the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, get get out, get out, get out. Get, get, no, you don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, but um, I mean, I, I like watching good Big Ten football games. I don't think this will be one of them. But um, so Wisconsin, big. Um, what was the what was the spread over under? Uh forty five and a half. I will go under on that. You don't even go here. Um. <laughs> all right, then we go to the Big Twelve. Number fourteen, Oklahoma State, five and one. They are at. Number 18, Oklahoma, who's 5-2, and 7.5-point home favorite. 58.5 is your over-under this one, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. Um, you know, Oklahoma looked really bad to start the year. They, they look like they're starting to play what we know as, as Oklahoma football again. Um, Oklahoma State, I feel like it's it, – every year they start off 4-0, and 5-0, and 6-0, and then they forget that they're not – like one of the top teams in the Big 12, and they just start to fall apart. So I think that it's a lethal combination. It's uh, also what Texas does. Texas. Does that is also what Texas does. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with the Sooners to continue to roll here. Uh, the, I think they're going to cover the seven and a half. And obviously, it's the Big 12. Regardless of what the number is for me, it's always the over. Uh, Matt, we'll go to you. Yeah, the the over under could be 126. I'm taking yeah. the over. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, Oklahoma's turning around. Um, I, I still think they're ranked too high um, after the two losses that early. Um, but, you know, it's the Big 12, and I guess they need some representative towards the top, and Lord knows it's not going to be Texas. So <laughs> why not Oklahoma again? Um, so I, I think uh, – I don't think we'll see any defense at all. I think we might see maybe a punt uh, in this game. I would maybe a fake punt. I would set the over-under on punts at, at maybe two. Two. <laughs> I take the under. Yeah. But, uh, but good old JR is going to have a good day, and Boomer Sooner will prevail. There will. Uh, Sean, how about you? Well, I'm going to bet on whatever team's from Oklahoma. Which one? Which one's from uh, Anyway, um, yeah, I think, I think when you're following the track records here, uh, Oklahoma State was on a pretty good tear, uh, and, and I still think they have uh, – they have um, – they have an offense that is, is real good. Uh, unfortunately, it decided to sputter. I, I, I think the loss to Texas kind of knocked them off their rails a little bit. And um, I, I don't think – I mean, I don't know how you don't see it coming. I think if you're a player, you're like, is this really – are we really still winning? You know, just, <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Um, I do find Vegas spreads funny because this game opened at like nine and a half. We're going to shrank a little bit to like a touchdown. And I'm just kind of – I'm like, does that mean team people are betting on Oklahoma State? Is there something I should know? And then I realize it's probably just because in the Big 12, it's usually whoever has the ball last. So a 10-point spread is like, no one's going to win by two scores. Right, exactly. Like, like two scores. That means somebody had to stop someone. Right, that means that, uh, there had to be a defensive series somewhere. Somebody had to make a defensive play. <laughs> and I didn't even know they started any. Uh, you know, I thought it was too many men on the field. Turns out there was just an officiating crew in the, in the defensive <laughs> backfield. Um Having said that, uh, I'm kind of with you guys. I, I think um, I think Oklahoma's found their stride. I, I think they're still looking for for something to hang the hat on this year. You had the win against Texas, that helps a lot. I think um, you know getting a chance to to do what was done to you early in the season to another team trying to uh, make their own push uh, into a New Year's Day bowl 
uh, especially a team from the same state, would uh, would say a lot for your program. Uh, maybe save some face for a coaching staff. I think Oklahoma. Um, I'd say they win in a route uh, in the Big Twelve. That's what like eight points. Uh, so we're going to route in in a in a real defensive struggle. Um, and by defensive struggle, I mean the defenses will struggle. Uh, this should this should go over easily. If there's one thing I've learned, never bet the under in the Big Twelve. They just need to start. If you're Vegas, just start setting the over under at like ninety five. And right. Just see if like just see if anybody is gonna gonna make a play on that. Yeah, make a play. You, you got to find a higher number because they're still only putting them in like like this is a, I'm showing it at sixty, so it couldn't have moved that much. No. Yeah, like what I, Big Twelve game is like thirty to thirty. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what was it? Wake Forest in North Carolina had nearly a hundred points, especially yeah, this I, year. I mean, it's. I think this. I think this over under. It's not going to double sixty. But it's gonna it's gonna make you start questioning it right around the start of the fourth quarter. You're gonna be like, "Is this really gonna be 120 total points?" And uh, it might. Let's see. We got a uh, we got a comment. I miss hyping IU. Would never do this in any other year. Uh yeah. Look, man. I, I think we, you know, we're giving them a chance. That's all we can do for this week is we can give Indiana a chance. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win. I gave them a shot. I said they were gonna cover. I locked it up. I said they're they're gonna cover 21 and a half. The other the other two here. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want to give. They didn't want to give Indiana the benefit. Uh, I like Indiana. I hope my pick is wrong. I hope they win straight up. But I, I just. I like. Like I said at the time, I, I don't see Ohio State pulling any punches. I think you're going to see if, if trickery. If it comes to it, they're going to exploit any matchups that they find in the middle of the game. They're going to hit them where Jake's it hurts. Locking it up <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah, I saw Jake lock it up. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes, but uh, but I, I think I think anybody wanting to to bet a seven point spread on the Buckeyes uh, should feel pretty safe with their money. Is game day this week covering that, or are they in Bedlam? I think they're in Bedlam because I think since this game's on Fox, I think like the Fox Big Noon kickoff show, oh, like okay. their pregame show, is at uh, is at Ohio State this week. Um, so yeah, uh, and then we have one more uh, college game. Before you mean they're not at the? You mean they're not at the Georgia Tech Miami game? Uh, no, no. Seems like a big one. I was on their, uh, short list. Go Yellow Jackets. Of games. Yeah, exactly. Miami stinks. They're number, they're what, number eight, number, number eight, number seven, something like that. They're, they're not, they're not a top 10 team. Well, I'm showing them a 12. 12. Is that what it is? I knew they were. So that's a little more realistic, but I think they still continue to crumble, but not much the rambling wreck are going to do to stop them. No. Uh, all right. One more. Let's go to the pack 12. Number 20 USC. They're two and oh, two and a half point. Uh, road favorite at uh, Utah, who's actually playing their first game. They've had they've had two cancellations uh, already uh, due to uh, COVID. I think one with them and one with an opponent. Uh, Fifty six and a half is your over under ten thirty Eastern time on ESPN. This is a game USC has not looked very good. Like if there's one disappointment I have, and and I think you guys can back me up on this one, it's that they didn't lose. It's well, it's that they didn't lose, but I'm also going to miss us kicking their freaking teeth in this year. Uh because that's been kind of a fun thing over the past few matchups in that series uh after what happened to us in the early 2000s. Um so so missing an opportunity to kick USC in the teeth is just another thing that 2020 has stolen from us. <laughs> um but uh USC has not has not been really that 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 good here uh to start to start the season and um for that I'm going to I'm going to take Utah in in what I guess can be considered an upset to start the season uh beating USC at home. I'm definitely taking 
Uh, the over, because much like the Big 12, the Pac-12 does not play much defense. Uh, so Utah, uh, to win the game, pull the upset and the over. Uh, Sean, we'll go to you. Yeah, this is a tough one because uh, it's – it's um, you know, the good news for Utah is that, that like you kind of alluded to there, USC really hasn't hit any kind of stride. It's – you know, they're winning games, but, I mean, I they, they should have – well, they practically lost one and should have lost the other – and so it, it's just kind of one of these scenarios where, like, will the real USC please stand up and, and nobody's standing up? So it's, it's like, kind of this, uh, this thing. And then you got the question of Utah, who wasn't going to necessarily ever cover, um, ever challenge Oregon, at least not from any, you know, expert standpoint uh, for the Pac-12 Pac title. Uh, but they were kind of in the mix, you know, kind of right around the same odds to win it as, as USC was kind of in the – the, the downside is, is you don't know what product is there either. I mean, everybody's been sick. <laughs> they, yeah. they, this is a team that it's not like they were getting games canceled because of unfortunate opponents. Like, it was them. Uh, so, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a close, it's a, you know, the three-point spread. I'm going to take Utah to at least cover, uh, make it like, you know, a one-point game. I mean, I think it might be a three-point spread. That's all USC seems to want to win by. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm fine with that, but uh, but I think Utah is going to be real excited to come out and play some football, and this team does have a lot of talent. They've been recruiting better than they ever have, at least in my lifetime, and I, I, I think uh, just kind of that excitement to get to play and, and, and to get to open at home uh, is, is real big. Uh, you know, that's, you know, USC, even in the past few years, isn't a team that's traveled real well, and uh, man, if they can't do anything in those first two games, I don't see them traveling real well. Uh, give me the Utes. Um, give me the cover. Um, I, I guess what was the over under? We looking at sixty ish. Uh, fifty six and a half is what I had. Shrank a little bit. I don't know. I don't think either. I, I think a team that hasn't played yet and a team that's failed to score. I'm going to take the under on that. It's very rare I do that in any game west of the Mississippi. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take the under just based on the status of these two teams coming into this game. We can't forget you. You can't spell sucks without USC. It's true. Thing sucks. Uh, Matt, we go to you. Yeah, you'll never hear me pick USC to win anything, ever. <laughs> um, so Utah is going to get the win here. Um, and even without my bias, I, I think that, um, you know, with the Pac-12 um, being the way it is and, and everyone kind of having a shot this year and Utah having the, the recruiting class that they do, I think it makes it a little more interesting. Uh, they'll be a little more fired up. And USC um, probably feels like they don't have much to play for because they probably know even if they go undefeated, they're not sniffing the playoffs, so who really cares this year? So I, I take Utah. All right, and the over, over, gotcha. All right, that is going to uh, that is going to do it for us for the college football picks, and we are going to pause here uh, for our commercial break. Uh, stick with us on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL standings and predict the four biggest matchups in the National Football League this weekend. Huddle up live. After these messages. We'll be right back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?
You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis on all things sports. Or check out our podcast on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, subscribe to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook, NGSC Sports. We never stop. Welcome back, Huddle Up Live on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube, wherever you're following along with us. Uh, we appreciate that. If you are not with us live but are subscribed to our show, make sure you give it a rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, just subscribe to the feed, and uh, we appreciate you. Whether uh, No matter how you choose to be a part of us, head to our social media at Huddle Up Podcast. On Facebook and Twitter and at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram, you'll find the link tree and that gives you everything you need to know relating to Huddle Up Podcast. We still have some merchandise. It is a limited sale that will close at the end of November uh, for some merchandise. So if you have not uh, made a purchase yet, go ahead and do that. That can be found at the top of the link tree at all of our uh, social media. So make sure you uh, you do that. Um, so before we get to our pickums for the week, uh, in the NFL guys, you know, this is something, and, and, uh, it's not just to kind of make myself feel better about the fact that I've said, uh, weeks ago that I thought the Tennessee Titans were a pretty fraudulent, uh, undefeated team. And, uh, uh, I think when they, when they were five and one, I thought they, they, you know, didn't look like a great team. And, and now all of a sudden they have fallen, uh, six and three, they'd be out of the playoffs, uh, if the playoffs started today, but it kind of like made me made me really come up to the question because like yeah the Steelers last undefeated team they're nine and zero currently uh, the leaders in the NFC the Packers uh, and the Saints are at seven and two, but but really guys is there a great NFL team right now and I I don't necessarily know that there is I mean you look at the Bills that are leading the East um you know. They've looked good, but they're, they're also suspect at times. Uh, you know, the Colts and Titans tied for the lead in the South. I don't think either of those teams is very good. Chiefs at 8-1. At and one. The Chiefs might be your best team in the NFL right now, but, but like, and not that there has to be a, a quote-unquote great team every year, or uh, as we get closer to the end of the, the season, teams might start to, um, you know, put it together. Obviously, a, a pretty pretty strange year. Uh, with no training camps and and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, but Matt, we'll, we'll we'll kick it to you first here. Like, I, to me, I, I just I, I look over the NFL standings and I'm like, I feel like there's 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 good teams, there's definitely bad teams, <laughs> uh, but I don't think there's a great team in the NFL this year. Yeah, the whole NFC East can be categorized as bad, um, but I I wouldn't. Be... I, I prefer misunderstood. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> misunderstood. Flawed. Flawed. Um, 
I I would say that if not the Chiefs, I, I think even though you know it's easy to say the Steelers because they're undefeated, I think that they're their defense is catching up because we always kind of knew that the Steelers had the offensive firepower. They always had Big Ben who can throw it a mile, and they've always just drafted receivers who can just sprint down the field and, and catch the ball. And then Connor has just always been like a nice surprise. But the O-line's holding together. Um, Ebron, I think, was a, a very smart, under-the-radar get for them. Um, I think that that kind of, um, you know, Pittsburgh's always kind of known for having like the the Heath Miller, Vance McDonald, like blocking physical tight ends. Sure. They actually have someone that can like be a playmaker and they've drafted so well on the defensive side on the ball and, um, you know, trading their first round for Minka Fitzpatrick in a year where everyone was like, what are you doing? This is a down <laughs> season, but this, this is all just kind of built up to them having a pretty solid defense now too. Um, you know, they've always been known for D line and linebackers, but now they have the secondary to go with it. So I, I think I would be hard pressed to say, do the Chiefs 100% beat the Steelers in a head to head matchup? I don't know. So if we're saying the Chiefs are great, then I think the Steelers have to be too. All right. Sean, how about you? Well, I, I, I think the I think the Steelers uh, definitely show flashes. I, I think they've had games where they even won by a, a, a score or two where. You know, I felt that it didn't look great, and, and you're right. The defense has come along. The, the defensive front has been there for a few years, and the pass rush is there. And and I think that the secondary has come along uh, with them. Uh, I'm not sure we're seeing the same Ben we've always seen. I mean, obviously with the plethora of weapons he has, um, you know, you're 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 bound to to put up some numbers. I, I don't think I've seen any games where I've you know because even Chase Claypool scoring four touchdowns. It's not like anybody was praising Ben Roethlisberger for throwing three of them. You know, it, it, I, I don't know that it's looked great. Uh, I feel their offensive line is a little more suspect than people give credit for. James Connors kind of starting to fall off the planet, and I don't know if that's him or if it's the scenario uh, maybe they're just trying to feed all the mouths and, and he's just a smaller mouth than everybody else. Uh, but I, I would put the Steelers in kind of, despite their record, you know, it's like you said, it's hard to like discredit them from being great. I would put them in what I would say is a fairly small list of good to very good teams. Uh, you know, where you're going to have some of these division leaders that are sitting there, um, I, you know, where, where it's it's maybe it's the Cardinals and the Seahawks in the NFC West. Maybe it's, you know, teams like the Titans and and, and or the Colts, whichever one of those decides they're the better <laughs> of the good, very goods. Um, you know, and you have you have, um, you know, you have some other arguments as well. The, the other one to me that screams greatness and, and it's a two loss team. But I think I, th- I think what's exciting about it is for me, there's two teams hovering above everyone else. One is the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's because it's a train that, for all intents and purposes, even through some bumpy spots, really hasn't uh, it hasn't derailed at all. Right. And, and whether the defense plays poorly and they have to outscore someone, or whether they get a good defensive effort and the offense just has to play it casual, uh, the, Andy Reid's got control of that game plan. He's, he knows what his players can do. He's got the personnel he wants, and it shows. And I and I think they're kind of your one, and I'd say like the one A or the two is probably for me the Green Bay Packers. I, I think they, they they got surprised by the Buccaneers. Uh, I, I I don't know if it was just game script, game plan didn't work, um, but it, but it's a team that has a lot of Plan Bs and Cs usually, and and things just you know it, it wasn't a Devonte Adams list game. Uh, he led the team in receiving at like sixty or seventy yards. Uh, Devon or um. Sorry, uh, Aaron Jones had a had a score or two. So the the, the skill positions were there. 
but I think it was kind of fresh out of the the Lazard uh, weird injury. So like you had to kind of find whether Scandling or and I'm not going to blame it on that. Lazard set to come back here, uh, I think this yeah. week or, or the following. So. Yeah. So you're looking at a team that's been dismantling, you know, teams like offensively they've been pretty hard to stop, and, and you're going to add a piece that at the beginning of the season was was contributing quite quite a lot. So I mean, it's kind of exciting for the NFL in that you're you know right now your two best teams are you know kind of a chance to do that uh, Super Bowl one rematch kind of thing, sure. and, and I think that's exciting. Would have been cooler if it happened on the anniversary year, but you know <laughs> either way, anytime those two teams are relevant, I think it's great for the league. Um, and then yeah, from there it's just kind of those those the tier of teams underneath, and and there's a lot of them that on any given Sunday could beat either of those teams. You know, and the Steelers are definitely one of those. Um, but uh, ironically, you're, you're debating the, uh, the, the the strength or the value of the Ravens uh, who get to play the uh, Titans, who you've been beaten up for 10 weeks. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see if, if we're picking that game. I have no idea what game. Spoiler alert, we are. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, so I assume I assume you'll be on the Lamar Jackson train this week. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of other teams short of the Eagles to really challenge them for anything. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> if, I just, if I just sneak that yikes tough room yeah it's um yeah there's there's a lot more there's a lot more okay and bad teams than there are really good teams um right now but but i love the fact that the cardinals are sitting atop uh the afc uh, or the nfc west right now like if you're the houston texans you're sitting at two and seven and you're watching deandre hopkins make the catch of the year on sunday like like as if you couldn't feel any dumber (laughs) like you know like you just you have to you sit there and you watch that happen and it's and i i can't i can't even imagine what what there is there uh, anything else the defensive backs could have done no there was three of them there like anything else like looking at the play could they have been in any better position whatsoever other than surrounding him entirely i i don't I don't think so. I, the guy I re- behind him should have also been in front of him. Maybe, maybe that would have been the the only maybe. fix. Maybe, even like, then, he would have just caught it over top of three people instead of two. I guess that's just baffling. It was, it was, it was a ridiculous did, catch. Did you guys see the meme where it was like, did you see four b- Bills lose in one picture and it's the three defenders, and then Bill O'Brien was superimposed in? Well? <laughs> yes. No, I, well, I saw that. I did see the one. Um, where it was like happiness, joy, financial security, and then 2020. Um, yeah. So like the, the the memes the memes this year have been pretty good. Uh, Ryan asks, "Is this fleet?" I'm pretty sure this is fleet. Yeah, sure, sure. We'll call it that. Yeah. As, as long yeah, as you're watching, sure. you can call this whatever you want. Uh, quite frankly, so um, we, we welcome anyone who is uh, who is watching us live. And I thought I had the. Uh, the, the 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 can't get any dumber uh drop from from just dumb just and dumber you think you can't possibly I swear get to god I thought I had it dumber. I'm I'm like looking over my entire soundboard and I just I can't find it I I thought I had put it on there uh and 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 you're about as unorganized as the Houston second or the the Buffalo secondary on that play sure absolutely um, I, I will hit him with this though you're a loser that's to the uh that's to the Houston <laughs> Texans Man, that's a bummer. Could you, could you imagine? Like, you're, you're sitting there with, and ironically, like, David Johnson currently not playing, just in case anybody was wondering. 
Uh, so, so the trade you got when it looked like because David Johnson was kind of sh- shouldering the, a lot of the load for that offense um, after the trade, and and it looked like you know, hey, maybe it's the same same guy, and and turns out it is because uh, he's probably going to miss his second straight week um, here this week while you watch the guy you traded away make plays like that. Yeah, it, it oof, it's it's bad, it's real bad. I I, I still don't understand how how that also. Uh, also, may have saved Matt. I believe I was playing you in fantasy this week, and 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 I had DeAndre Hopkins, and had that play not happened, the three point victory would have never been possible. So, uh, we'll, we'll we'll take that. I didn't even see it happen. I just like cashed in the four o'clock game. This is stupid. I'm not going to win anything. And then I was like, what? And I looked, but you had uh, Stefan Diggs who caught the touchdown before that. So it I'm ended up being a watch. Uh, left Antoine Gibson on my bench too. So there was yeah, that. he you know, yeah, but you put in. I mean, you replaced him with uh, um, Chubb, who also <laughs> cost you a touchdown stepping out at the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I found it. Play. I found it. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. There it was. I knew yeah. I'd find it. I knew I'd find it. But uh, he still scored within one point of, of Gibson, so so you did okay there. You, you survived. I had uh, – I had, You're still in first. First, you're still in first. You're fine. Second, yeah. I, I had I had, not, I had Hines on my bench, but I still managed uh, to find a way. Uh, oh, you left Hines on your bench? Yes. Why don't you hit that button again? Uh, well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll hit you the, this. <laughs> Just hit the dumber button again. You dumbass. Just that works, too. You could possibly be any I'm an idiot. dumber. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Oh yeah, no, I have that one. Uh, that's me. I'm an idiot. There we go. <laughs> that is that is actually me uh, from an episode of Three Count Thursday. I'm an idiot. Good. I'm an idiot. That, that's true. I still. I, Sean, now, it's a, now it's on a broadcast that I'm going to have the audio for. I uh, uh, I still have to go back and, on Christmas cards and. Things. I'm an idiot. Um, I still have to go back, Sean, and get the uh, one where you're like. I'm all in on the Cowboys or something like that. We were talking about Oklahoma State. I still right. have I still have to go back and find that and isolate that audio, but uh, just in case I uh, I haven't done it yet. Um, okay, let's go here, guys, to uh, to Week Eleven in the uh, National Football League. See, I should have had the the Eleven drop, and and, and uh, it would have been apropos right there. Um, but no, uh, Week Eleven, four games here, Sean. Uh, last week I went two and two. Uh, for twenty and fifteen overall, you went one and three last Ugh. week, so you are twenty two and thirteen. You are only two. Uh, I gotta make a push. You are only get, two ahead of me. Right. We gotta we gotta pump them up. Let's do this. Uh, bye weeks this week in the NFL: Bills, Bears, Giants, and Forty Niners uh, are your buys. I found this kind of odd because I was and no one will notice. No one, no one will notice. I kind of looked ahead, <laughs> and there we go. Just uh, breaking news just now: uh, Alan Lazard activated from uh, injured reserve. Uh, so he'll be back in the Packers lineup. So if you had Marcus Valdez scandling on your bench Drop for his it. enormous <laughs> performance this week, uh, that was your last chance, kids. Uh, get him out of there. Um, well, this I thought was weird. Next week, uh, the Thanksgiving week games, there are no bye weeks, but there are still bye weeks the following week 13. I, I find that to be a little bit strange. Are they uh, COVID pushbacks? Is that what it is? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it was the reshuffling from the from the from the COVID, um, the 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 fallout from all of those postponed games. Probably. So, um, but yeah, let's get to the first of four games this week, and it is a battle. Uh, Seattle currently sitting number three in the NFC West. They have a chance to jump back up to number one. 
when the six and three Cardinals travel to the six and three Seattle Seahawks, who are a three point home favorite. Fifty eight and a half is your number. This one is the Thursday night game this week, eight twenty on Fox. Usually we don't get good Thursday night games, uh, but this week we get it. Um, I like everything about what the Cardinals are doing right now. I think that team is having a lot of fun. Uh, all of a sudden, it feels like Kyler Murray is what the Ravens wish Lamar Jackson actually was. Um, and I think that offense is playing well. I think that defense, um, you know, despite a few big plays here, I know that big Stephon Diggs touchdown, um, you know, but but I think the Cardinals are, are a team that's continuing to develop. I like them to win here. I think Seattle... Um, they don't. I don't think they have the defense to stop the Cardinals uh, in this game. Uh, so I like the Cardinals to cover to win this game, and I'm going to take the over because I think it's going to be a lot of offense. Uh, Russell Wilson and that team has to bounce back uh, from what they did last week. Uh, Sean, we'll go to you first on this one. Oh yeah, they, I mean this is like as far as a a juicy can't wait to sit down and watch a Thursday night matchup. This is about as good as it gets. Um, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, in the initial scheduling, not a lot of folks saw, uh, Kyler and the boys, uh, doing what they're doing right now. Uh, they thought this was going to be one of those, like, all right, well, let's get some of the West coast teams in prime time. We'll get a chance to talk about how good Russell Wilson is. Um, and if you're the NFL network or whoever's broad, you know, getting to broadcast this game, um, the only downside for you is it's probably going to be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman is probably what you're going to have calling this thing. That's the only downside. Uh, the good news uh, for viewers. Yeah. Good thing for <laughs> viewers is this should be a, a fun one to watch. I, I think, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the shootout in, in Oklahoma this weekend on Saturday. Uh, I think you're going to get a small preview of it here on Thursday in the NFL game. Um, but you're right. I like everything Kyler Murray's doing. But people really started turning their heads when when these two teams met a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you know all the talk was Russell Wilson for MVP, and like no one's going to come close. And you know the trouble is when you drop a couple games, whether it's your quarterback's fault or not, all of a sudden people start to forget that that quarterback plays. And I'm wondering if that's some of the issues that he's had over the course of his career getting votes. Um, it's a shame because I think he's still going to be in one of those scenarios where um, he's the only thing really keeping that team afloat uh and he's probably gonna end up losing out to somebody else again um maybe to kyler murray <laughs> it's very <laughs> possible that kyler murray is in that discussion here um by the end of the year especially when you put all the stats together biggest fear for me if you're arizona is the fact that your own running back Kenyon drake is back in the mix uh just boring offensive viewers to death uh you know that he he turns the game from offensive to offensive is what he does. It's That was a back-to-back burn. That was real good. Um, if I do toot my own horn a little bit there. Um, I'll, I'll toot my own horn later. Anyway, we'll um, we'll make the official call. Um, the oh downside here my. is I don't like – in tight divisions and teams where they have two good um, – uh, two good teams like this. Like I, I love everything Arizona's doing, and I think Kyler Murray's kind of the next big thing. Um, and I, I, I kind of had had fallen in love with Kyler Murray last year when you could see flashes of it, when it wasn't already brilliant, and you're just watching it become refined. It was like and, raw and talent at that point. Yeah, and you're you're just watching the talent work in an offense that's trying to define itself, um, as opposed to Lamar Jackson, who got to just kind of wander in and get the the the. Which, by the way, that that offensive coordinator in Baltimore uh, was also responsible for the one-hit wonder, Colin Kaepernick. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> same thing. Like you know, teams figure them out, and you know, when you, if you don't have a plan B, it can fade pretty fast. Um, but ah, man, this is a hard one. I, I think um, 
I think I'm going to take Seattle here. And the only reason I'm going to do it is because not only is it in Seattle, uh, and, and it's, and it's a primetime game. I mean, the last one was primetime too. Um, there's no element of surprise here. Um, you know, as far as, as how good of a team's going to show up from, from the desert. And, and the other thing is, is if Arizona wins this game, they are going to be in a very nice driver's seat in the West, uh, holding the tiebreaker. Uh, and because of that, I, you know, I, I like Russell Wilson to do anything in his power, even if the defense is reeling or failing. Uh, the defense for Seattle should slow up the running game and maybe keep Kyler Murray contained. The defensive front's still quite good. The hard part's going to be containing everybody once they're past the linebackers. And, and you know, that's why I, I, I'm not super confident in the pick. Uh, but I think Seattle's going to find a way to win. As um, far as the over-under, um, looking at a high one, uh, especially for the NFL. Holy smokes. What do you have it at? 58 and a half. Yeah, I'm showing 57 and a half. Yeah, I, um, I guess I'm going to take the over because I, I, I don't see, you know, even with Seattle winning, I, I don't see a scenario where Arizona's not scoring points. So, so Seattle's going to have to push it up to get there. And uh, I, 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 like, I like Seattle in the over. All right, Matt, how about you? Uh, yeah, I definitely like the over. This isn't the the Seattle of old where the defense kind of carried them to victory. This is a, a Seattle defense that has been just awful all year, um, giving up points to just anyone who wants to play them. Um, so um, definitely want to take the over there. And I think just coming off of that emotional win like Arizona is, it's just going to be tough for them to match that. Um, so I think they just might have put it all out there and then um, they'll just kind of fall a little flat here on Thursday. So I'll take Seattle on the over on this one. All right. Very good. Then we go to uh, Sunday at one o'clock on CBS. Sean, this is the game that, that, that you thought we may be picking Titans six and three at the six and three Ravens uh, who are a six and a half point home favorite. 49 is the over under. Um, I think the Ravens win this game, but I, I don't like either of these teams right now. I, I think Tennessee, I said it back when they were even still undefeated, that I thought, um, you know, just the way that they were winning games and against the teams that they were doing it against, I didn't believe them as the undefeated team. And everybody's like, Titans are in first. They're keeping this thing going. You know, they were a surprise team last year. And to get as deep into the playoffs as they did, um, and I think they had a hard time living up maybe to that expectation. Um, but the Ravens, this is a team, you know, in a couple fantasy leagues, luckily one of them was a free league. Uh, you know, I had Lamar Jackson, I had, uh, Marquise Brown. I had the, the you know, a couple of the Ravens running back. And I mean, Lamar Jackson still puts up points, but everybody else in that Ravens offense is irrelevant because, uh, Lamar, it's the Lamar Jackson show and it's, it's on the ground. There's not a lot of great passing like that, that offense, um, just is not is not developing in a way that that I think that, that they would have hoped it would. So I'm actually gonna I, I think the Ravens still win this game, but I'm actually gonna take the Titans to cover the six and a half. I feel like that six and a half is a, is a really high number, um, d- despite the, the the Titans struggles, um, and maybe also because I have Ryan Tannehill in in one of my uh, fantasy leagues, so I, so I need him to do well. Um, so I'm gonna take Titans to cover. I'm gonna take the under though. I think all, both of these offenses right now. Are, are really bad defensively. Uh, they're definitely stronger defensively on both sides, uh, on both teams. So uh, Titans to cover, Ravens win the game, uh, and the under. Uh, we'll go to you, Matt. Yeah, I don't see, um, I don't see this being a high-scoring affair here. Neither of these teams are really kind of putting up the points. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of what happens when you have 
quarterbacks that you know can't really throw the ball. Um, <laughs> they just can kind of run it. Um, so I, I definitely want to take the under on that. And you said it was what eight and a half? Uh six and a half. Six and a half. Okay. Um, that makes me a little more comfortable with the Ravens then, because I, I feel like a one touchdown isn't unforeseeable. So I'll take the Ravens uh, to cover in a low-scoring affair, like a twenty-one fourteen. All right, Sean, how about you? Jim, what would you have done if in week one I would have offered you a bet and I would have said when the Ravens and the Titans meet in week 11 that Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson will be within 100 yards of of each other in total yards from scrimmage? Uh, I probably wouldn't have liked it. If I it. put my money on Tannehill, could you have turned down the bet? Um. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, if I'd have given Lamar Jackson a hundred, just I'll take Tannehill, but give me a hundred yards. I'd have been. Like I, yeah, I would have taken it. I would have taken it. Yeah, absolutely, you would have taken it. Um, yeah, they're close. Like I was looking at the numbers, and uh, Ryan Tannehill responsible for more touchdowns uh, than uh, Lamar Jackson. So very interesting. Uh, very interesting there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's two teams that the wheels aren't really doing real well. I, I, I think that the, the worst thing that could have happened for Tennessee is Baltimore's defense getting kind of embarrassed now now and and it was a bad weather game uh, you know typically that plays into a defense's hands in that particular game didn't didn't really uh, man that was a boring game though holy smokes for for like trickery and play calling and all kind it was an incredibly boring game I needed that though. I won. I won in two leagues this week because of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Thank you, Willie Sneed, not Marquise Brown. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, Whose name you may hear a little bit later, uh, Willie Sneed. Uh, Let's see. We um, we have to pick this one, huh? All right. um, Yeah, this is one of the ones that I put on the board, so we have to pick this game. All right. So a six-point spread. You know what? I've been defending the Titans all year, and I've been like, this team is more real than people think they are. Um, I'm not starting to doubt that, but I think it's just two teams that are in need to win, uh, need to win. I think that six point spread is Vegas telling us to bet on the Titans, like you just did. And <laughs> I, I think it's, um, I think they know something. I think it's going to be a little drier. I think it's going to be a little easier to move the ball. Um, and I think that I trust the Ravens to not stop Derrick Henry, maybe contain him a little bit. It's been done a couple times this year. Uh, he's a guy that runs for like 2,000 yards, but 1,000 of it comes in three games. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so so it's just kind of consistent, steady production and then a couple explosions. Uh, this isn't going to be the explosion game. I think it's going to be on the arm of Ryan Tannehill, and I think that that gives the uh, secondary of uh, Baltimore a little bit of help. I'm going to trust him to cover that six points. Uh, so I'm going to take the six and at the over under, give me the under. I don't trust either offense. So you said Titans and under, right? I said Ravens, Ravens and, under. and under Ravens. Give me, give me Lamar Jackson. Sorry, I was too busy we finding just, we a... just, we just smacked him around. Yeah. I talked up the Titans to kind of tease a little bit. It's, it's something we do in the industry. We tease and then we go the other way. Just take it away. Pull the rug out. Right. Like this game's gonna on you know as <laughs> yeah. far as ratings go, just pull Check the rug please. right out from under. Uh, all right, then we go to four twenty five uh, on Fox. Uh, the seven and two Green Bay Packers. We were just talking about them at the six and three uh, division leader Indianapolis Colts. 
Uh, the Colts are a two and a half point home favorite in this one. Fifty one and a half is your over under. Like I said, four twenty five Eastern time on Fox. Um, I have no clue. I'm I'm sorry. Like I understand the Packers just they, they struggled a little bit uh, against the Jaguars this past week, and I know the Colts looked re- looked really good against uh, a, a Titans team that had been in first place. But I'm sorry. The Colts should not be a favorite in a game. I don't care if it's at home. I, I don't know. I, I, I've seen. I know a couple of teams, uh, the Ravens, the Eagles, among them, uh, who are no longer allowing fans um, at games anymore due to uh, the, the rising COVID cases. I don't know where, where the Colts are at on this one, but but there's no reason that the Colts should be a favorite against the Green Bay Packers. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Uh, I'm taking the Packers. I'm taking the Packers to not only cover the two and a half to win this game. Uh, I'll take the under only because I don't know if the Colts are going to be able to score enough points to get this thing to the over. The Packers are going to put up some numbers, though. Uh, but Packers and the under, uh, and I'm going to go ahead. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Like the Colts? Really? Sean, we'll go to you first. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know what they fed the Indianapolis Colts or what they did on their bye week. But when I look at the schedule, I look at a team that, like, before the bye week, beat up on the Lions. Who cares? You know what I mean? And then, like, but, man, they they came out of their bye, and they did lose to the Ravens, but they won 41-21 against Detroit, 34-17 against Tennessee. So, 2-1, and uh, they – I don't know. I don't know what happened there in that Baltimore game, especially in the team that we just made fun of for a while. But you look at their whole schedule, and I'm still looking at it, going, "Why is this team, like you said, favored to beat anybody?" It doesn't make. And the sense. only fear I have is that Vegas knows something. Is the is Aaron, maybe maybe Lazard is a locker room cancer that we don't know about? <laughs> he's a, he's maybe another he just T.O. Comes in Antonio and just Brown destroys everything. You know, like. Um, but I just told you that the Packers are, are one or one A, you know, one A or two in the league. Uh, there's no reason they should lose to the Colts. I think the Colts are going to put up a showing. Uh, they do have a good defense. They're making a lot of plays on special teams, and that's kind of what's pushing a lot of these games to these spreads that are unbelievable. Um, is their special teams, and you know, that's my man, my man Frank Reich. I always love the man. Uh, we miss him in Philly for I sure. Bet, I bet you do. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the inventiveness that he has. Uh, things are kind of creative, and and there's only so creative you can be with Philip Rivers at the helm because the guy moves uh, like you and I move. So I'm not really sure um, what what what's eating the Colts or what's got them winning games, but um, maybe it still happens next week. Not going to happen this week. I'm going to take Green Bay to cover. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. Only you're gonna, whatever you're gonna go that, over. that pep in the Colts step uh, is going to put enough points on the board to push it over. So give me uh, give me Packers and over. All right, Matt, how about you? Um, I don't know why we're all so high on this Packers team that just struggled to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, it was like 25, 30-mile-an-hour wins. Eh. <laughs> it's, the it's the same weather that was in Cleveland, and Cleveland put up 10 points. So, like, you know, those two teams found ways to do it. And they gave up a kick return touchdown, so that's kind of half garbage. Well, it's the Jaguars, though. Am I making excuses? Yes. So am I defending? <laughs> am I defending a strong statement I made earlier? Yes. <laughs> that being said, why would you put money on Philip Rivers ever, uh, especially in a big game? Come in on, a big man. game. <laughs> um, so 
I will take the Packers on the on that shade thrown aside, um, just because I don't feel comfortable ever betting on Philip Rivers, um, and <laughs> I will take the over because it's in a dome, so they'll just be slinging it. Remember the year that I picked? Was that last year when I picked the the Bears and Chargers Bears as the Chargers. my Super Bowl oh. pick? I'm an yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what I was thinking, you, but I'm an idiot. The, uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll hit the yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, there's there's no other way to describe that. I, I like I said it, and I felt confident at it before the season, and then like by week one and a half, I was like, I made a terrible mistake. Uh, like I mean, it's bad enough. I guess life comes at you pretty hard, right? You know, in, like, in in hindsight, it's bad enough to pick one team that usually just, despite all hope and optimism, fails miserably. It's it's a very. Bold I don't think sh- you. I want to know. I want to know what season that was that you was really it, thought was it last year or the year before? Was it last year or the year before? Last year. Like in hindsight, you're, you're in foresight, Bowl- you should have been embarrassed. <laughs> your Super Bowl quarterbacks were Mitch Trubisky and Phil Rivers. That that was your that was your matchup. If you're the NFL, try selling that. I'm now I kind of wish you'd have been right. I would like to know how the NFL sells that match. <laughs> well, luckily, the Super Bowl kind of sells itself. Like, do they count their kids and be like, well, based on kids alone, Phillip Rivers is going to win this. <laughs> like, what do you – like, how do you even sell that? Yeah. It, it, look, mistakes are made, man. Just when I think like, you couldn't possibly be any dumber. That would have been like Ravens-Giants level of bad Super Bowls. Like, yeah, it would have been like the Rumba. It would have been not good. It would have been really not good. All right, one more game here, guys. Uh, the 6-3 and three, uh, Los Angeles Rams. I almost said uh, St. Louis Rams because uh, my brain is just – You're like too, too – My yeah. brain's half worthless at this point, okay? Um, just, just we'll leave it at that. Uh, at the 7-3 and three Buccaneers who are a three-and-a-half point home favorite – uh, 47 and a half is the over under. This one is the Monday night game, eight fifteen Eastern time, uh, on ESPN. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what these Buccaneers are. One week I'm like, all right, they're cruising. Tom's got this thing rolling. Receivers are good. Running backs good. Defense is good. And then they'll have a week like, uh, when they played the saints and I'm just like, wait, who, who is this? Why is this happening? Um, they they kind of got back on track this week, so maybe I'm I'm buying the hype a little bit. Um, you know, Tom and and Tom's swinging the ball. Antonio Brown, he's he's finally fi- found Mike Evans in the end zone. Uh, Gronkowski's caught a touchdown. Like uh, maybe I'm buying the hype for one week, but I got the Buccaneers. I think they're going to cover the three and a half. I'm going to go the over because because I, I hope that that uh, that that Buccaneers offense does keep it rolling. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Bucks and uh and the over. Uh Sean, we'll go to you. Yeah, yeah. Buccaneers um put a real nice game together last week, not gonna lie to you. I, I still don't I'm kinda with you. I don't know what to believe. Uh although I'll tell you what I what you can believe is everything I said about Antonio Brown, who's currently being investigated for an off the field incident. In case nobody missed that Ooh. news, that's real. Got the apparently like threw a bicycle at like a security guard's booth or something. Like what are you doing? Like I don't and and the one the one there's one wait, um wait, wait host wait go. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. <laughs> yeah, if you were saving like if you if there was any reason for you to find that clip it's this one. Yeah, he like well yeah, and he like smashed a security camera like not like with the bike throw, like separate incident involved in the same incident. Like 
it, it, it's it's one of those things where and, and there's one host down here that I listen to that hates Antonio Brown. And he was like, and people were like, come on, like it's being investigated. And he's like, if you're Antonio Brown and I'm with the guy, he's like, I don't care if you were in line at a supermarket and the person in front of you was taking too long and you yelled, hurry the F up. Like <laughs> you can't do anything. And that's too much for you. I like there's my man, my man, Jay Coon saying he gone. He broke gone. Broke Let me know too. about that camera. Um, stupid idiot. Just a stupid <laughs> idiot. That's exactly what he is. So, you know, I'll leave him aside. I mean, like you said, I mean, even if there's, I mean, there's video evidence. I mean, of, he's, of he's, he's the third at, at best third option in that offense. So well, like, even, the other two are healthy, like, the other, even the if he's gone, in, I think the reason they brought him in was, was health questions. Evans has a history of injuries as does uh, now Chris Godwin. Of course you have an aging Gronkowski who's had his own share of injuries and an OJ Howard that's dead. So, you know, you're just running out of options. You can only ask Rojo to do so much, though. Apparently, he'll run for 98 yards here and there. Apparently. Um, I will say that I had a rough week last week, uh, but I will remind you that I did lock up the Rams against the Seahawks, uh, and I believe they did cover. That was one of my Yeah, I did lock up the Giants over the Eagles, so if we're we're talking about last week. Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Like, short of us, like – you know, with our blinders on Eagles fans, like <laughs> the rest of the country was probably with you. Now, um, having said that, um, I, I, I like the Rams. And I still don't know why. Like, I, like, there's still no, I don't like McVay. I have no reason to like Goff. Like, I, like, I kind of like Robert Woods, uh-huh. sort of. But I think it's because I keep confusing him with James Woods, who now I don't like. Yeah. So I'm not really <laughs> yeah. sure. What to think about anything anymore as far as the name Woods goes. I do still like Tiger Woods. Yes. Still a big Tiger Woods fan, uh, despite his off-the-field incidents. If, in, case, uh, so, in case James Woods is listening. Uh, all right, now I'm it. going in a Woods tangent. Let me just pick the game. I'm going to take <laughs> the, the Buccaneers game. like you did, even though I like the Rams. I could see the Rams easily doing it this way. Uh, over, under. Um, 47 over. and a half. Over. Over. All right. There I just go. had to go on Antonio Brown, man. That's all I really wanted to That's do. That's fine. Yeah, no, he's a schmuck. Um, Matt. Yeah, I think the only true, like, s- status quo for the Buccaneers has kind of been their defense, and I don't know that the Rams necessarily have the offense to just kind of throw the ball over the field. I'm not a true believer in golf. Uh, I know they, they have some very good receivers, but um, – I don't think the running game, it's coming together, but I don't think it's quite there yet. So I don't think they have the ability to put the points up. Um, and and Tom just continues to defy all of my beliefs that his arm is eventually going to fall off in the middle of a game. So um, I, I will take the Buccaneers as well and the over. All right. Very good. Uh, unless anything's got anybody's got anything to add. Then we are going to uh, we're going to close this thing up. Sean, let people know uh, where they. No, can... no, don't close it up. Well, I'll just add it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I'm an idiot. Let me. What am I doing? What am I doing with myself? Let me get the sounder. Get the. I'm an idiot. Let's hit it. He is an idiot. All right, we're gonna hit it. We're gonna jump things real quick to this to everyone's favorite segment, the uh, fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week, and this week. This week in the NFL, no shortage of irrelevance. That's, uh, there that's was plenty a, that's of it. Fact. In fact, it was so such an irrelevant week 
that Miami had someone named Salvin Ahmed lead the team in rushing and adore him Smythe or Smith score a touchdown, and neither one of them is in the top four. <laughs> so this is going to be very exciting. Uh, two backup running backs for the Philadelphia Eagles scored touchdowns, also not in the top four. And Adante Foreman bringing his his season stats to one catch for five yards and a touchdown, Who? still not in the top four. <laughs> Who's in it? You're about Who? to find out. With honorable mention this week, uh, Alex Collins of the Seattle Seahawks fantasy zombie coming back to life, the former Baltimore Raven. They probably wish they still had him because Mark Who? Ingram's still their leading rusher. Um, baffling. Uh, anyway, uh, honorable mention to Alex Collins. Third place, the man who saved James's fantasy week this week, the Baltimore Ravens, another fantasy zombie, Willie Sneed with two Who? touchdowns Who? this week. Second place with his first, congratulations, first career NFL touchdown, Colin Thompson of the Carolina Panthers. Who? I almost just wanted you to play crickets on that one. I just felt like that would have been dope. <laughs> I don't anyway, have a cricket sound. Just build it up and everyone's like. Eh, eh. And you're saying who could possibly top a first career touchdown that no one could have even seen coming? And I'll tell you who. Bash Phillip Rivers all you want. Nobody saw him pulling him on the two-yard line. Jacoby Brissett making his first snap of the NFL season with a two-yard <laughs> touchdown run on Thursday Night Football is your fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Who the hell is this? Would, we really got to get a theme song or a jingle because I always something. pitch like there's one coming. And right, we really got, yeah, we got to do something. I, I, it's I, just like a – we'll get something. I know, see, by, by week 16, we'll come up I, with I, I know a guy. I know a guy. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get something here. Uh, but congratulations, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you are the fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. Sean, let people know where they can follow you uh, on Twitter to get maybe some of your hints at who it could be. Yeah, we try to get some hints. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's more. But you can find them uh, at my Twitter uh, at Sean Shine State. It's S H A W N Shine State. Uh, right here from the Bay Area in Tampa Bay. And uh, we're looking forward to a great week in sports. Masters are behind us. More sports are behind us. The only thing to look forward to is that brilliant Ravens-Titans game. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, you can watch it with me on my Twitter. Uh, Matt, where can people follow you at? Yep, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at 3CT, the letter A. Philly, as in Philadelphia, the number 8. Uh, tomorrow, I will be taking a break from just trashing Donald Trump on my Twitter to be live tweeting during the NBA draft, which, in case you forgot, is tomorrow. Don't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay very good yeah nba draft uh tomorrow night uh congratulations dustin johnson on your master's win uh tiger disappointed us all in the uh the chance at a defense uh but you can follow me at big jim sports make sure you're following along with the show uh facebook twitter instagram just go to any of our social media hit the link tree and uh you can catch us there make sure you uh also follow our home network ngsc sports at NGSCSports.com. Until next week, stay safe, stay smart, wear your mask, and go for the win. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app 
pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order?